Welcome, friends, to the Freedom Cast. You are not the crazy one. Not quite a podcast, but rather a kick of confidence to pursue real freedom in your life and not the false manufactured freedom of this world. My name is Jody Meschuk, and I am super excited that you are here and a part of a community of sovereign human beings. Listen, if you've been called crazy, you are not alone because I've been called crazy for 13 years talking about truth. We are going to dive deep into some controversial things. Not sure why they're called controversial when they're truth, but we're going to dig deep into them. Some hard things we're going to talk about some things that might step on some toes, and you can take what resonates with you and leave the rest behind, kind of like a buffet. My goal is just for you to feel less crazy because you're not. Truth is not subjective, but people are. Even though you know, hmm, others still don't. Where the everyday mama meets uncompromised truth and where your small apprehensive no becomes a strong and resounding hell no. Let's get into it. All right, welcome back to the Freedom Cast and freedom lovers out there. All right, so uh, I came across this article. Um, Actually, somebody sent it to me uh, because I I swear we have literally the, the greatest community and as much as the overlords and big tech and the elite try their darndest to cancel everybody, to remove content that are people's stories. Let's not forget about that. Like their actual stories. I'm not sure how you could call somebody a liar when it is something that they have lived literally in their life. Same thing as the experience we've had with my son Um, And looking back now, 13 years later, or really 11 years later, when I was heavily, heavily gaslighted in those those pediatrician's office, um, in the neurologist's office, and not really understanding and knowing that I was being gaslighted, but after going through years and years and years of searching and questioning and um, sharing our story and getting pushback only to sit back one day and go, wait a minute. Why is it okay for anybody to question what my experience is with my son? Why is it okay for anybody to question a mother who knows their child best, who understands the inner workings of their child's body the best, what each cry means, what particular thing that they're going to, that their, their facial expression is going to, to tell their mother and only their mother or close caregiver, let's say if, a, if the mother is not in the picture, but somebody who is caring for that child could even be a father, right? There's a, there's a connection that is so special between one human being to another human being, <clears throat> between an adult and a baby, an adult and a child. Um, especially in that parental realm. And so how can we call these people liars? And I think the bottom line is, is that the only, well, I, I would say the thing that I have come to a conclusion on is that when they are so incredibly scared that people's stories will actually impact other people. Because think about it, from a human 
perspective, from a energetic perspective, one human to another human, what speaks more somebody's story or reading an article or a book about something so-called dry and factual, right? What's going to touch another human being's heart? What's going to change another human being's heart? What's going to begin to sow the seed of doubt or help somebody start to question or step back and go, ooh, wait a minute, this doesn't feel good. Maybe this person is on to something. And we get that through people's stories. So think about why are they shutting down people's stories so much? What are they so afraid of? And I I do believe emphatically that it comes down to the fact that they know from a from a psychological standpoint that stories are what change this world. And if you look many times through history, just think of documentaries that you may have watched about particular times in history. Let's even say the Holocaust, right? One of the most wretched and horrific times in history And who are they silencing stories about? People who lived through the Holocaust. People who are now speaking right now and and warning us, warning Americans and humanity, if you're not careful, this is what could happen because I lived it and I saw it. Same thing with Cuba, Puerto Rico, Myanmar, all of these places where things are where things have happened in the past Venezuela and survivors out of those regimes and those dark dark times are heeding a warning to humanity but they don't want humanity to hear those stories because that is what actually changes the hearts and minds of people so i look at this whole conversation that's been happening for years guys about so-called pitting, you know, pro-vaxxers against anti-vaxxers and labeling anybody who is sharing their legitimate, truthful, lived experience and labeling them as an anti-vaxxer because that's all they have. They don't have any other sort of substance when it comes to an argument. They don't have any data to actually show. They have nothing And so at the end of the day, what do you resort to when you are a bully is you resort to calling people names. Think about when you were back in junior high school or when you were back in elementary school. I mean, at some point, some of us have been bullied at some point by somebody or we weren't part of the cool club. Um, And hey, listen, I have traumas still to this day that I carry along from being not part of the cool club, right? So this is a very real thing. And when we can take a step back and look at it from that 30,000 foot level and go, oh, I get it. This is exactly how they manipulate people and scare people and silence people. It's the same tactics that have been used over and over and over for years it's just that now with social media, with iPhones, with videos, with being able to 
you know, push a button at Instagram headquarters and just delete somebody for no reason with bullying that happens online, with the cancel culture, with all of that, we're now in a different realm where as humanity, from a psychological perspective, this is going to be very interesting, I think, in my opinion, as we go years down the road and now we look back on this time period and we actually have a moment where we can shift this narrative, where we can protect our own psyche, where we can protect our own mental health and know that this is what they're doing. And so we know what to do about that, right? And we know how to separate from that system and how to just provide a massive amount of light into the world and positivity and unity and talk about community and and share people's stories and just never, ever, ever stop. And I do believe that years down the road, we will look back on this time and go, wow, (laughs) wow, look at what happened, right? So this article, I want to just break down a little bit really quick because I thought it was very interesting. I've had a lot of anti-vaxxer articles that I've read that have been sent to me. I've had, I've been featured in them last year in 2020, Rolling Stone put out a hit piece on me, um, me and a couple other people. And that sort of was actually the beginning of me kind of being thrown into the fire of cancel culture. Now I have been uh, attacked by cancel culture ever since 11 years ago, I started to share my son's story of vaccine injury and our redemption out of a diagnosis of autism, true and complete healing from autism. Now, can you imagine I am one of probably a few that, that share our story consistently and never stop. And we are probably public enemy number one to the medical industrial complex for that very reason. Cause Because can you imagine if another mother were to hear my story and go, wait a minute, you mean, you mean there's something I can do to prevent autism? You mean there's something I can do to reverse autism? Hold up because that's not what I'm being told every time I go into a well check. That's not what I'm being told every time I go into the neurologist's office. Can you imagine the threat that that is to their system of lies that they have propagated year after year after year? And, you know, think about when you're a child and you you might have told a lie, right? I, every child tells a lie. This is how we learn right from wrong. This is how we figure out what our moral compass is. This is how we understand what a what it means to have a conscience, right? Because I, I and, and personally, I was that child, I'll tell you, I was that child that thought I was going to actually get away with a lie. Unbeknownst to me, my parents knew I was lying all along. And then you have, think about, you know, if you have children and you look at their different personalities, and I have one who literally cannot lie, like, his conscience is so strong. He legitimately has the incapability of lying or he will. And then it will eat him up so much that he just has to come and tell me. And then I have a middle child, probably typical middle child that, um, I think thinks he can probably get away with a lie, but then when he's caught, holy cow, it's just like, waterworks everywhere. He's so sorry. He can like barely control him himself and his crying because then his conscience gets a hold of him. And then my third uh, little girl, uh, let's just say she, I'm pretty sure she's going to think she can get away with a lie the rest of her life. (laughs) She's a pretty headstrong personality. But anyways, so, you know, you think about even as a child, 
um, you lie and then you have to do another lie to cover up that lie. And then you have to do another lie to cover up that lie. And that's really where you get yourself in trouble, right? Rather than just saying, oops, sorry, I wasn't telling the truth. Let's just start over, right? And, and, and fessing up to that. Well, for 30 or more years, we've had this lie of autism. And actually, I would say starting really significantly back in the early 2000s. And once that continues and once that goes, can you imagine, can you imagine how the entire system would not just fall, but how parents would probably get pretty violent against that system. And I'm not saying that to advocate violence, right? So let's just have a little legal caveat here. We are all about peaceful protesting on this on this freedom cast, but it would it would create something in a human being that has gone through the wretchedness of watching their child decline, watching their child not be able to do things, watching them not be able to thrive, watching them struggle every single day and feel helpless about it because you're told there is nothing you can do. Can you imagine what would happen when that system falls, right? So how can they let that happen? They can't. They have to continue to propagate another lie and another lie and another lie. And a big layer of that, my friends, is attacking people who are sharing their stories and labeling them as an anti-vaxxer. Because if you can divide humanity and you can villainize a group of people, and let's just, you guys, let's just talk about like villainizing a mother. Is there anything worse than that? Is there really anything worse than villainizing a mother whose heart has literally been ripped out of their chest when they are struggling through loss and through watching their child as if they're not there, as if they are lost, their own child is lost, right? So that's what they have to do though, is they are choosing, and I do believe it's a choice, they are choosing to do this behavior because it is the only way to continue to cover up that lie. And eventually, yes, I do believe these things will crumble. I do believe, and this is why I will not stop. This is why I'm so grateful that I finally kicked myself in the buttocks and said, Jody, you need to do this. Enough is enough. Stop trying to play their games. Just get on your own platform and start sharing information and truth and share your story because that is what's going to make a change. That is what's going to touch another human being. So with this article, um, it's talking about how it's from the Huffington Post. And um, actually, let me get you the title of the article in case you do want to look it up. Um, it is called Instagram search results for vaccines are a public health nightmare. And that's by the Huffington Post. So again, this is not new to me. I've read more anti-vaxxer articles and been featured in more things than I can count. Um, but I want to kind of go through this a little bit and just sort of point out a few things, because I think once we can become aware, we actually can ask the proper questions. But even more importantly, we cannot have their behavior 
affect us in the same way, right? It's like a shield. It's like a boundary. Once we know their game, once we understand the narrative, once we can also look at the people in our life who do not understand, who are still not yet so-called red-pilled or awoken to these evil, dark agendas, and they are kind of walking in that blind belief of, oh, there's no way the government would want to hurt us. If the government hurt us, it would just hurt them. Um, there's there's no way. Like, why would a pediatrician want to harm your child? Now, again, why do they think that? Well, they probably have not had a lived experience, number one. It hasn't become personal enough. They also are probably reading things and allowing information to come into their brain that is uh, shifting how they're going to filter things, right? It's like, a, you know, you read something over and over and over again, you begin to believe it without even questioning it. So I think it's important as we go through things, because remember, this is going to be a combination here of, you know, well, we're going to do lots of fun stuff on this Freedom Cast, so just buckle up. But there's going to be teaching, right? There's going to be learning how to ask questions. There's going to be commentary. There's going to be stories and experiences and encouragement and um, education and all kinds of things for you. So as we go through this, um, I, my hope is that for any of you listening, maybe it's just a little bit of a different way to think about things. But also, I want it to give you confidence that when you come across these things in your life, because you will, whether it be somebody who is gaslighting you about your own personal choice of re- refusing to take this experimental shot or refusing to cover up your face or choosing to homeschool your child or whatever it is, understanding why are they acting that way and why is that behavior happening? And that that behavior doesn't have to affect you. It doesn't. We can have a shield um, around ourselves, basically. So this says in here, so it, it just kind of starts to talk about how supposedly Instagram was uh, was tasked to remove misinformation about vaccines. We've seen this in the news, um, even the you know so-called uh, corrupt media news um, talking about how Facebook and Instagram and some of these other platforms need to do a better job of censoring people. We've heard it from the White House podium, all of those things, right? So this is nothing new, but what was interesting about this is they're actually attacking Instagram, saying that they're not doing enough, which I think is hilarious um, coming from somebody who has been canceled now seven times <laughs> and many, many others of us in the um, in the movement of choice and the movement of informed consent. So this says here, Instagram has quietly become a breeding ground for fake news, including public health hoaxes. And I just have to laugh at that because I have to say, I actually really don't think so. (laughs) Now, there's a whole other side of that coin, which is what they deem to be misinformation. We know is not 100% truthful, right? Because they're deeming anything against the narrative to be misinformation. Then this goes on to say that vaccines go through rigorous testing and evaluation, have been ruled safe by a long list of independent studies and are often vital for preventing serious disease. Yet anti-vaxxers spreading debunked conspiracy theories are still thriving on Instagram, 
that's a joke. We're not thriving. Um, and we're not anti-vaxxers. I'll get to that in a second. Where their content is not only hosted, but it's amplified. Okay, so first of all, that's not accurate. And this is something we need to look at when we are reading things, is when we can start to have a lens of looking at it and going, well, wait a minute, that's not true because I know other people's stories of being canceled. I know other people's stories of being targeted. So that's not accurate. And for them to write this like the like the this verbiage is a form of psychological uh, manipulation to the reader who may be uninformed or who may um, just blindly believe what they're reading. And so now what this is doing is psychologically, somebody reading this is going to now begin to hate anti-vaxxers, right? And not understand the full picture. Now, of course, that's their responsibility to want to do that. And we know that that's not always going to happen. So vaccines go through rigorous testing and evaluation. So first of all, this is actually inaccurate. Vaccines have never gone through rigorous testing and evaluation because there's never actually been a study on a single vaccine that has tested the efficacy of it against an unvaccinated group. There also has not been a significant amount of time to look at what has happened in terms of administering the vaccine and years down the road. Right. So even looking at that from a standpoint of has health improved, has health declined, um, things that would fall into that category would also be things like autism and ADHD and food allergies and asthma and childhood diabetes and childhood cancer. But remember, there's some things that we have to remember with vaccines here, which is vaccines are considered immune to liability right? So although they are a pharmaceutical drug because of the creativeness that they have done to cover up their lie over and over, are now classified as a biologic. And because of that little twist of wording, you remove a lot of the testing that would normally need to be done on a pharmaceutical or and the liability where I could sue a pharmaceutical company if I were to have an injury or have a really adverse event to an actual pharmaceutical drug that they would classify a pharmaceutical drug. However, I cannot do that with a vaccine. And we have to, I mean, that honestly is the is where you start. So if you're listening to this and you're going, you know, I don't even know where to start. What's the first question that I ask? Where do I start digging first? That would be where I would start. Does it make sense that something you inject into the body that has the intention of what they want the intention to be to change the body biologically, why is that not classified as a pharmaceutical drug? And why are the pharmaceutical companies held not liable? Why are they immune from liability? Why are they immune from lawsuit? Uh, It says... They've been ruled safe by a long list of independent studies. Well, remember with studies, just because it says it's an independent study does not mean it's an independent study. Just because it says it's a double-blind placebo does not mean it's actually a double-blind placebo. We have to look at who's funding those studies. And in every one of the cases of vaccines being studied 
outside of actual independent studies where there have been, I think at this point, maybe two actual studies done um, outside of the system because that's how they have to be uh, that's how they have to be conducted and you don't get any funding for it, of course. So it's very expensive and this is why it often doesn't happen. There's been maybe two that have actually studied the history of children following them between who got vaccinated and who didn't. And surprise, the unvaccinated children are significantly healthier than their vaccinated counterparts. So look at who's funding those studies and who's actually doing those studies. Um, so this goes on to talk about um, anti-vaxxers make up a small percentage of the population. Massive platforms with global reach, such as Instagram, boost their message to millions of people. Not true again, especially if they continue to be canceling people just indiscriminately without any warning and without any actual evidence. Um, but let's talk about this term anti-vaxxer because it says anti-vaxxer makes up a small percentage of the population. Here's the deal, guys. I firmly believe there is no such thing as an anti-vaxxer. There actually is no such thing as an anti-vaxxer. There are vaccine refusers. There are pro-health people. There are pro-informed consent human beings. But there are actually no anti-vaxxers because you do not inherently grow up and and just say, I'm an anti-vaxxer. You have either done something by choice and learned from that experience, in which case you have shifted an altered course, you've pivoted. Case in point, our story, when my son received those nine shots in one visit and we almost lost him, meaning he almost died, that was a pivot moment. I wouldn't call myself an anti-vaxxer ever. I would say I'm vaccine informed. I would say I'm vaccine educated. I would say I'm pro-health because now I understand the lies and I understand what the body is supposed to actually do. I understand how the body is made and how God has beautifully designed our systems to not need foreign substances injected into them, right? So there's no such thing as an anti-vaxxer. And I would encourage you all that when you hear this term, and maybe even if somebody calls you that, you don't fight fire with fire and you don't play their game, right? Ugly versus ugly does not make pretty. <laughs> so one ugly person in their messaging, meaning mean or vindictive or um, shaming, gaslighting, and you do the same back, that doesn't make a positive message, right? Negative and negative don't make positive. But instead, understand that they're calling you that because they don't know any better. And what you can do, if you wish, and you have to remember, is this worth my time? Is this person worth my time? Is it just some troll on social media who I don't know? Well, then I would just delete and block. But is this a family member? Is this um, a best friend? Is this somebody who actually has influence in my life and I have respect for? In which case, I would encourage you then to say, I'm curious, what do you think an anti-vaxxer is? And start there. Because most often, I'm going to tell you that they're going to respond back with, oh, it's somebody who believes vaccines cause autism, or it's somebody who refuses to get vaccines. And you go, well, I think there's some people who probably have very legitimate, truthful stories about what vaccines have done to their children. And um, I think there are some people who choose not to vaccinate because they understand that there might be a different way. 
is it possible, Sally, <laughs> that the media has crafted the term anti-vaxxer for a specific purpose? Anyways, you have to decide if that is worth your time to engage. And I will say for the most part, it's not worth our time. Focus on yourself. Focus on your family. Focus on what you're choosing and why you're choosing that and live in that lane. And you will be surprised at how many people start to come beside you who have the exact same experiences, who are living the exact same journey or very similar journey. And that's where we find community, right? Okay. That's my little rant about anti-vaxxers. Um, now this goes on to say multiple posts claimed vaccines cause autism, a myth that medical authorities have debunked repeatedly. One also suggested vaccines may be infecting people with the coronavirus, while another implied Bill and Melinda Gates, my two favorite people, are behind the virus's outbreak. Yet another called vaccines weapons for human farming, killing, sterilizing, mind control, disease creation, and fear, uh, disease creation for fear and income. Okay, so let's go back for a second here. Number one, there's never actually been a study to debunk the fact that vaccines do not cause autism. Okay, um, meaning, let me say that a different way, they have never proven that vaccines don't cause autism. In fact, why would autism be listed on the inserts if there was not some bit of truth, right? And I do believe legally, at the very core, they probably know legally they have to put things on the inserts, but they believe and trust that parents will not question and will not ask for those inserts. And then they pile on top of that the threats that they give to pediatricians who potentially buck the system, who potentially say, oh, no, your child doesn't need this. There's no need for this vaccine. They pull their medical license. They threaten them. All of those things happen. So why the lie, right? Why continue to cover up that lie? And like I said in the very beginning, imagine what would happen to millions of parents who have walked this journey of seeing their child suffer, what would happen if they found out it was a lie, right? So just so you guys know, um, they cannot claim that vaccines don't cause autism. There's been plenty of proof to show that adverse events are a very real thing. Now, do I personally believe vaccines are the singular cause of something? No, I actually don't. But what happens when you couple on to that, like think of, you know, piling one scoop of ice cream on top of another and you've got poor gut health and you've got poor nutrition and you've got poor quality food and you've got environmental toxins and you have toxins in the home. And now you add on top of that in upwards of almost 90 injections, 90 vaccines to a child from birth to age five. It's not really a good recipe. And it's a recipe for disaster. But what they're banking on is saying, no, 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 no. It does, that one thing doesn't cause it. And I actually think that they probably also would, behind closed doors, agree that it's multiple factors. But there are things that are like the straw that breaks the camel's back, 
right? And we are now years and two generations, if not three generations now into a place where the overall health of babies being born, the overall health of the mother carrying the child is so dramatically poor and different than how it was 30 years ago. So it's a compounding effect as well. Okay. Um, so it's not a myth. Um, and if you were to ask hundreds of thousands of parents, if not at least thousands of parents who actually have connected the dots, they would say, uh, no, I'm not lying. (laughs) No, my lived story with my child is not a lie because we've lived it and I've seen it with my own eyes. Uh, and then where it says here, weapons, you know, vaccines are weapons for human farming, killing, sterilizing. This is really interesting language that they use because really what we're talking about here is transhumanism. Um, transhumanism at, at a very, you know, simple explanation is altering by the hand of man what God has designed. It's basically trying to perfect the human race, trying to perfect so people quote, never get sick, or they never struggle with something. And I think that is personally in absolute direct, um, it's like a direct threat to what God has actually designed in our universe and in humanity. And the fact of the matter is, we do have suffering. The fact of the matter is, we do have unhealthy people. We do have people who die from things. We do have... um, children who are born with disabilities. We do have evil in this world. And why do we have that? Because of sin. So a transhumanism approach is really an approach of darkness. It's an approach of, of almost like, um, slapping the hand of God and saying, you didn't know what you were doing. We know better. So when you start messing with God's design from a a laboratory standpoint or from the hand of man, you're actually disrupting what God has beautifully designed. Even though we have suffering in this world because of sin, because we live in a fallen world, what are the implications of messing with the human body like this? And that's really what this comes down to, I think, a lot is how much farther are you going to push to try to perfect things? Well, the law of nature is going to push back pretty hard. And it's going to be really, really difficult to come back from that if we get too far down that road, right? Um, Basically, think of it like this. The laws of nature have um, kind of a, you know, it's, it's like an insurance policy, right? At some point, you're going to push so far, the laws of nature are going to push back even harder. And there's going to be a lot of lessons to be learned there for people. Um, So last but not least, um, it also says in here, anti-vaxxers, they've started to, you know, have some hashtags be censored. Uh, If you notice, you can go to Instagram and not be able to use certain hashtags. Um, And now what they've done, of course, because this this is like the easy way out for them guys, is... They're saying anti-vaxxers have started to use unrelated political hashtags such as Trump 2020 and MAGA. Okay, so basically when in doubt, just blame Trump. (laughs) When in doubt, just blame Trump. 
uh, because that's the easy way. Yeah, that's the easy way out, guys. So I thought that was I thought that was pretty hilarious, and it's interesting to me how everything is is going back on blaming Trump. Um, another one is that uh, it's saying Instagram post tagged vaccines kill and injure. So hashtag vaccines kill and injure claim that vaccines are harmful because some contain chemicals such as formaldehyde. In fact, vaccines with formaldehyde contain less than the concentration that occurs naturally in the human body. Really? So again, there's never been a study done, a proper study done by the medical industrial complex that tests injecting formaldehyde versus eating formaldehyde or injecting aluminum versus eating aluminum or injecting mercury versus eating mercury, right? I mean, I don't, here's the thing is most often what the toxins we're getting in our water are going to be some heavy metals, right? Aluminum, barium, and ingesting it is very, very different than injecting it. Although ingesting it is not good either, but injecting it is an entirely other story. It's an entirely other thing. I want you to think about that for a second. What would injecting these do? Just from a, you don't need to need, you don't need to be a scientist. You don't need to be a doctor. You don't have to have read 50 books. What would injecting do to somebody's body? to a baby's body, to a newborn hours old body injecting, injecting hepatitis B that they don't even need. What would that do? Questions for you that I want to leave you with today. Is it possible that the vaccine industry is not being honest with you? Is it possible? I think at the end of the day, if we can step back and just say, is it possible that they're lying? Okay. Is it possible they're not being fully truthful about things? Is it possible they have an ulterior agenda? Is it possible the money they make has something to do with this? The next question. Why are vaccine manufacturers not held liable? Now this goes back to 1986. So I'd highly recommend watching the act of 1986. It's a documentary, but why? What changed when that law was passed and how did that impact your own family and your own child and the future of children? Why has there never been a study done to determine true health, vaccinated versus unvaccinated? A study to look at how the immune system actually works. A disease is introduced, somebody gets sick. What happens to somebody's body who eats sugar all day and food dies and processed food and goes through the fast food line versus somebody who is getting out in nature and going for a walk and yeah, they might have a plate of cookies sometime or bake a brownie or go to In-N-Out, but in general, they're taking care of their body. They're taking care of their mental health. They're in a spiritual, mental, and emotionally and physically positive space. What are the differences and why has that not been studied? All right, guys, thanks for joining me today, leaving with you, leaving you with a few questions to be asked. And this is honestly just the start of your journey. You might be new to this. Um, maybe somebody passed along this, this freedom cast recording with you. And in that case, welcome, um, to this space. I hope to, um, have you come back and listen to more episodes but start by asking questions. 
start by asking, is it possible? All right, guys, have a good rest of your day and we'll see you on the next Freedom Cast. Hey guys, thanks for joining the episode today. As a reminder, you can connect with me over at thewarriorcenter.com. You can also grab my book, Autism Reimagined, on Amazon, available both Audible, ebook, Spanish, English, and you can also head to therighttorule.com for some freedom gear. Remember this, my friends, you are a sovereign human being and you hold the power not the government. See you next time.